You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. With a long weekend, we've got tons of news, and we're going to get right to it. With Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. He's with LandryFootball.com. Check out that website. Also, check out Twillery.com. That's Twillery.com. Use a Locked On promo code. Get $25 off some fantastic shirts that you do not have to iron. How sweet is that? And an absolute ton of news in our daily news and notes right off the top. Uh, and a couple of those notes involve uh, Tennessee with a commitment, and then they lose a commitment. Your thoughts on where the balls are? Uh, you know, what do they say? Was it the New York Times or which one of those newspapers? You know this as a great uh, journalist. Uh, um all the news that fit to print or something like that. It's like we got so much news that ran out of ink. We can't fit it all in. In fact, I'm trying to think about <laughs> over the weekend. You know, we, we we didn't have a couple of days, Thursday and Friday. Everybody's off for fourth. It's so much news that I think we're backlogged. That I don't know if we're going to get it in all this week. So, look, there's a lot more stuff. we got a lot of stuff in the, the notebooks at LandryFootball.com. But we just touch on a few things here to keep the – show moving a little bit, but a couple of things that want to later last week or, or the middle of last week, Texas A&M want to talk about receiving their verbal commitment from a solid linebacker, Kenneth Phillips, that is a little bit undersized. That's what led to him getting a three-star, but boy, this guy's got versatility and playmaking ability uh, and the versatility to be um, a really good player, probably more in the four-star category. The junior college player that you were referring to, that is flipped from Tennessee to Mississippi State, defensive end Jordan Davis, 6'5", 250. Um, he originally committed to Alabama when Jeremy Pruitt was the defensive coordinator. It, it, he ended up going to compile Lincoln Junior College after uh, struggling with some academics and uh, really played well at Colin and He's expected to graduate in December, and so he's after committing to Tennessee, he's decided now he's going to Mississippi State. So that is uh, the middle-of-the-week news last week. And then um, from Florida, um, they've got uh, one of their players, Marvin Joseph, a defensive end, uh, young, you know, undersized outside backer defensive end, committed, uh, committed to the Gators in mid-February, took some other visits. I think there's some other places he wanted to look at, wondering about where he fits. Auburn, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Miami, Tennessee, or other places he's going to look at. But he has decommitted from the Gators. So that leads to many, many other news items that we'll get to in the next two, three days. But those are some highlights in the middle of last week anyway. Um, News and notes, as we do this time of year, it's mostly recruiting information. Yep, and then a uh, recruiting report. Take a uh, look at another Florida commitment, uh, Derek Wingo. And then I'm really curious to get your thoughts on Harrison Bailey, a quarterback commitment that if you look back over the ratings is one of the highest uh, rated quarterbacks according to recruiting services. That's why I want to know what you think uh, that Tennessee has been able to get committed over uh, the past 20 or so years, actually. A- absolutely. No question about it. Well, Derek Wingo, first of all, is a four-star linebacker that's got re- is a really good ball athlete, moves well, Got he can flip those hips and really good feet, really good at playing the ball in the air. So he's good in coverage. He locates the ball very well. I think he's going to be an early impact player. Remember, he was one of those Florida kids that was a Penn State commitment 
just you know uh, you know a while back, but he flipped to Florida, and so I think that uh, he's been really impressive in all the camps with his movement skills. But this guy's going to be a really good player athletically. It's going to look like a lot of those Florida players that move up and down the field very, very effectively. Now, on to Harrison Bailey, the four-star commitment um, quarterback from Tennessee. Uh, The news on him is he's really lost some weight, and he's added some strength. And I've had, obviously, a chance to look at him on tape, but I've also had a chance to kind of take a look at him recently. Uh, And he's got a very quick release. And he's got even improved velocity. I've noticed that he's improved his footwork a little bit. Uh, in a lot of these camps, that's not going to, it's going to be evident because of the fact that they're not getting any rush or what have you. But those are the things, you know, he doesn't have to reset his feet all that well. Those are things that I think are important Why you lose a little weight and you get a little bit stronger and quicker. I always tell guys to be at the weight that allows you to be the quickest. 6'4", 220. Uh, I think he can be a really good pocket passer. And, you know, you you look at him and we see he's the type of guy that Alabama has traditionally recruited. Those pocket guys in the past that were really good, some of them that transferred out of the program since Tua and his brothers got in there. But that's the type of guy that Jeremy wants and he's got. Now, the difference is, is Alabama seems to get a bunch of them and they tend to move on. And then, you know, for Tennessee, this is new, as you mentioned, is probably a highly recruited uh, player since, you know, Sims and Manning, just to put it in perspective in terms of being highly touted. But this guy's got ability to throw it off at different platforms with really good arm strength, size to be a really good pocket passer. So, um, listen, he's been pledged to Tennessee since late November. No indication that he's uh, thinking about anything else. So as he continues to develop the future, you know, potentially with him, going to be very exciting to see how he develops with the Vols if he, again, as expected, uh, continues to stay with that pledge. Yep, and uh, obviously uh, a long ways to go with uh, getting Bailey. And as you mentioned, nowadays coaches don't stop recruiting just because you're uh, committed. But he seems firm from everything uh, that I've heard. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast, again, brought to you in part by Twillery. Go to twillery.com. Use the Locked On promo code, and you'll get $25 off some fantastic shirts you do not have to iron, and that are incredibly comfortable, soft, the whole nine yards. You're going to love Twillery.com. Coming up with Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. We will uh, take a look into the film room. We'll look around some key players in the SEC. Stay tuned. More after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. Let's take a look at uh, a couple of key players, actually a handful of key players as we step inside the film room. Uh, your thoughts on Michael Divinity. Uh, your, what kind of season can he have this year? Well, I think uh, we've talked about how impressive I think Michael is for LSU in terms of his ability to step over trash, to make plays in pursuit, uh, ability to uh, flip his hips and get depth and width at the same time in coverage. But I think one of the things that is not talked about enough is his uh, ability as a pass rusher. I thought he was one of the more instinctive pass rushers in the league last year, 6'2", 238. Now, again, they'll bring him on the blitz. They'll bring him, and and this is part of Dave Aranda's, you know, method 
um, and so effective in putting playmakers in a position to make plays, he'll do that again. I thought he had a really good game against A&M in uh, that uh, tough loss for them and against Central Florida against a, a high-powering offense that he brought the pressure. I think he's a good blitzer. I think he's a good rusher in nickel, and I think he's going to have an impact. And when you start to look at LSU's defense and the potential uh, uh, of guys that can be effective pass rushers, he can certainly help this unit out uh, quite a bit. So it, it's going to be an interesting group. You've, you've heard me uh, talk about um, Chase on and what he can be as a pass rusher, as a guy's more of an outside guy. Divinity is more of a guy that can, again, from a leadership standpoint and a player versatility standpoint, um, I think both Divinity and Chase on can be really good pass rushers for LSU this year. It's amazing how much has changed at Kentucky. We talk about some of the best players sometimes in the conference at Kentucky, not the depth that other teams are going to have, but we've talked about Josh Allen. We've talked about Benny Snell. And now you think a lot of Terry Wilson. What I need to see is, can they do more with the passing game with them? I think they're going to, you know, to take that next step. If you looked at Kentucky last year, that team was built around the running game and the defense, mainly the defense, but the running game aided that. So will they be as good running the football this year? Probably not without Snell, although the offensive line's pretty solid. Um, and will they be as good defensively without guys like Josh Allen? Well, probably not as good. So to the degree of which they take a step back from last year will ultimately determine that much more that they're going to need out of the passing game. You know, he completed, you know, people will throw, I completed 60% of, 67% of his passes. That's not relevant. It, it's only relevant as it relates to getting the ball downfield, which is average yards per passing attempt is really the most important stat you need to look at from a passing standpoint in college because, you know, you can complete 70% of your passes throwing screen passes. What can you do downfield and force the defense out of the box so that you can run the football? Uh, but I thought he really was effective running the football, and I think that's his strength. And I think their ability to use him as a runner is only going to cause guys to do defenses. When I say guys, defensive personnel and defensive coaches to do a couple of things. Like you're going to have to play more zone coverage because if you, if you play man coverage, you're going to have to have a spy on them because if you play man coverage, you don't have a guy accounted for him as a runner. So that gives, you know, the, the, uh, the impetus to go ahead and, and, and take advantage of running the football. Now, with that, you've got to be able to take advantage of situations where you make them throw the football. Can you do that more and play a lot of zone coverage? So I think you got to watch that and see how this develops. But I think he's going to be key, very athletic, but how he improves as a passer is going to be pivotal for Kentucky's success this year. We've, we've talked about Kentucky and where they are as a program and potentially – are there going to be as many wins this year as last year? Not sure that they're going to reach that level, but to the degree of which they can challenge to get to that level will depend upon his play. Eddie, he did tweet out uh, over the weekend, might be wearing the deuce deuce for the first game, talking about Jared Lorenzen's number. We haven't had a podcast since his passing, but uh, I think the the reverberations you've seen throughout the Kentucky uh, family has has really enlightened me as to how beloved Jared Lorenzen was. I think for us on the outside, maybe he was fun to watch, but 
nobody said a bad word about that young man and just a terrible passing way too early. Yeah, no, it was, it was awful. We talked about it when he got sick, and that is something that's happened, um, you know, over the holidays since uh, we last visited. Um, very, very tough uh, to see that happen to that young man. And uh, just a really class young guy, loved football and was very self-deprecating and, and certainly um, handled himself with, with a lot of class. So a tough loss for the Kentucky and SEC and football family. Um, just, you know, was, believe it or not, beloved by the folks with the Giants, even though he just didn't have a, you know, he didn't have a long career or anything. For the, for the amount of love that they've showed him, you, you would think he was a guy that was there for 10 years. That's the type of impression he made, uh, mainly off the field, and uh, in, in how he conducted himself. Let's uh, stay in the film room. Vandy tied in. Uh, Jared Pinkney, your thoughts on uh, him this year? Yeah, you. we've talked about Pinkney and Alberto, and I think that they're underrated nationally. I, I think going into the year, they're the two best tight ends. Uh, in the country, Alberto, Missouri, Pinckney of Vanderbilt, outstanding. Pinckney is is really good in terms of his ability to get open uh, off the line of scrimmage and his ability as a blocker. Um, listen, I, I think that both of these guys are really good, but I, I think the combination with uh, with Pinckney and uh, Kalijah Lipscomb and Keyshawn Vaughn that's a that's an impressive duo. If they can get good quarterback play, they at least have some playmakers on offense, that's going to be the, the Vanderbilt uh, Commodore's calling card this year. And um, Jared's going to be a, a big part of that. Coming up, the film room continues, so stay tuned. He's Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to your Locked on SEC Football podcast. He's Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker, and uh, we are going to get to a bit of a recruiting report as uh, we're going to get a breakdown of a Georgia commitment that I know a lot of people are excited about there with the Bulldogs. It's uh, commitment Tate Ratledge. Your thoughts on him? Yeah, the thing that, uh, of course, Tate is a big kid, 6'6", 3'11". There are a couple of things that jump out at me. For a guy his size, he's got pretty good footwork. But the thing that jumps out at me most when looking at him on tape is his toughness, his fight, his ability. You know, he can replace his hands very well when defenders knock him off. I mean, he he is really good at replacing his hands, and he can turn defenders with his upper body strength. And he just he never stops fighting. He's very very aggressive, and how he. Um, you know, approaches how he plays the game. He's just a very impressive looking young offensive lineman that seems advanced in terms of his attitude and his toughness. You know, you can teach technique, you can improve that. You can you can lean up the body and you can get him a little bit quicker and do things, but you really can't instill the toughness and you can't instill the fight. That is something you have or you don't. This guy's got it. I think he's going to be a really good player. I think potentially a great football player. Um, and take the Ratledge from the for the George Bulldogs. Tomorrow we will have a, a complete preview of Arkansas as we're going to break down every team. We get closer uh, to the beginning of the football season, and we'll have coverage from uh, SEC Media Days, which will be next week as well. If you like the podcast, please give us uh, a rating on uh, whatever. 
uh, service you use to download the podcast. We'd certainly appreciate that and all those that have already done so. So for Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com, I'm Dave Hooker. Tomorrow, the Arkansas preview, uh, more of your daily news and notes. So we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a fantastic day, everyone.